This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Well, praise God. It is so good to be in the house of the Lord, man. I mean, I'm just probably going to say that a bunch of times, but uh, it's awesome to worship together with you guys, to be under the same roof. Uh, we're a family, and uh, and it's just the anointing is incredible in here. So, well, praise the Lord. Um, I'm going to go ahead and get into the Word tonight. We're going to take up our tithes and offerings at the end. But the title of the message tonight is this, Dare to Hope. Dare to to hope. Now, what I'm talking about right there is this. Um, that's not just some cute phrase or, you know, some clever sermon title. That's straight out of scripture. We're going to look at that in a few minutes. But I got to say this. I've said it already, but I'll say it again. What a time that we are living in. I mean, let's get real. It's the, the, the amount of Bible prophecy being fulfilled right now. I don't know if you guys are seeing it, but if you don't realize that this is the end times, you've got to be living under a rock or something like that because it is incredible what we've got going on. And, you know, we did this nine weeks. Who, who all watched the nine weeks of end times teaching that we did on Facebook and YouTube uh, throughout the quarantine? We did that for nine weeks. And even some of the stuff we talked about in there, I'm just seeing it happen all the time right now. And, you know, for me, I mean, I'm excited. I'm like, man... I want to hear that trumpet. Come right now, Jesus. I'm ready. Take me out of here. I'm I'm not afraid. But I do know this much, that there are a lot of people that are afraid right now. And in fact, when Jesus was speaking about the end times right there, uh, he said that people's hearts will fail them because they're going to be paralyzed with fear. And so all the things we see going on in the world right now, I mean, we've got, you know, and it seems like like one crisis is overlapping the next. I mean, uh, you know, with everything going on right now, it seems like everybody forgot the, about this whole coronavirus deal. And I'm not making light of that. I'm not making light of any of it. But it's like there's just so much going on. And so Jesus told us to be ready for all of it. And I'm going to show you something here in Isaiah chapter 60, Isaiah 60. And we're going to look at a couple of verses is because as things seem to be spinning out of control. I mean, did you guys feel that earthquake less than an hour ago? Uh, Yeah, I mean, shout out to California. I I was trying to listen to some headphones back there and I just started going like this. I'm like, man, And and, and there was one yesterday. So I'm like, let's. You know, Jesus said earthquakes, cataclysmic weather patterns. He he said all this stuff. It's crazy, man. But we could just go on and on. But the thing is, is this is as the world becomes a darker and darker place. So I'm, I'm not shocked by seeing a lot of the things we're seeing, because in all fairness, I believe Jesus. And so do you. And he said, hey, it's going to happen. But as the world gets darker and darker, we can expect for the church for the the bride of Christ, for 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 the family of God, for things to get brighter and brighter. Well, I, I don't know about that. I know about it. Isaiah chapter 60, verses 1 and 2 of the New King James, it says, Arise and shine, for your light has come. Man, that, that just does something to me right there. For your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Look at this, verse 2. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth. Okay, I, I'm, I see that. And deep darkness the people, but the Lord will arise over you. Come on. 
the Lord will arise over you. So it said darkness will cover the earth and, and, th- and this deep darkness over the people of the earth. But the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. Think about that. I mean, if I go outside with my cell phone flashlight in the middle of the of a summer Barstow day and shine it, that probably doesn't, you know, you're like, well, I mean, that that's neat that you can do that. But it didn't really make much of a difference. But think about when I'm in a dark room and I turn the exact same flashlight on, no extra power. But think about how much that stands out in a dark world, in a dark space, as compared to when things are just bright and peachy and doing good. And so, just you being a stable Christian, I'm not, I mean, not even doing anything extra spectacular, though, praise God, you will, but just by being a stable, faithful Christian that doesn't quit on Jesus when things get hard, that light is going to be like a, like a million-watt LED Hollywood light bulb in the middle of this dark world. So Jesus said, well, Isaiah said right here, there's going to be darkness, deep darkness over all the earth, but the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. And so the main thing I'm going to get at tonight, our main text is going to be in the book of Lamentations. Who loves Lamentations like I do? All right, good. I didn't, that's a better response than I thought I was going to get. Because to be honest, the book of Lamentations is pretty much a sad book. A lamentation really is like a Hebrew funeral song. It's a sad song. You are lamenting something. Lam, lament. Lamentations. And so what had happened at this point, the, the prophet Jeremiah wrote the book of Lamentations, and Jerusalem had fallen to the Babylonians. So Israel captured, Judah captured, and all of the Hebrew people, they had sad and depressed hearts because it couldn't get any worse than this. I mean, they were taken captive. It was over. They were taken to a new land. There was This was a bad spot to be in. There was fear and sadness on every Hebrew heart. And and again, I mean, it just it's like how much how much worse could things get for these people? And so uh, Jeremiah, some refer to him as the weeping prophet because some of some of the stuff he wrote is it doesn't seem super encouraging. But as he's lamenting about how bad everything seems to be getting, he arrives right here at Lamentations three verses twenty one through twenty five. And he's talking about this happened and that happened and this happened. Verse twenty one. Yet. I still dare to hope when I remember this. And I see people all over the world right now, all over the United States, and man, this happened and that happened, and the economy did this, and and then the the disease got this, and then these people lost this, and then that happened, and oh, and you think this it's just it's just getting worse. It ain't getting any better, and 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 people are just going crazy. And like Jesus said, hearts are being paralyzed with fear. He said it would happen, and we're seeing it happen right now. But if you try to go to all that, listen, you got to come to this conclusion that. Jeremiah said, he said, yet, nevertheless, forget all that. I still dare to hope when I think about this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. Can I get an amen tonight? His mercies never cease. Wouldn't it be bad if he just talked about all these terrible things that had happened and he's like, and to top it all off, the faithful love of the Lord has come to an end. His mercies have officially ceased. 
Because no matter how bad it is, as long as we've got the faithful love of the Lord, as long as his mercies have never ceased, we can still dare to hope. We can still dare to turn that hope into faith and watch things turn around. Somebody say amen tonight. And so he said, oh, besides all that, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh every morning. Think about that. No matter how big of a fool we may have been yesterday, no matter how we may have slipped yesterday, his mercies are brand new every single morning. That's that I mean that's about the best thing I've heard in all of 2020. That his mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. His faithful love never ends. His mercies never cease. And so I, I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who depend on him, to those who search for him. Now, out of all that that I read right there, this may or may not apply to you. So just, I mean, you show of hands or, 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 or show of applause, whatever. How many in here depend on the Lord? Okay, and you're not just saying that, right? Because we're in church and someone's going to point at you. Okay, so you really do depend on the Lord. And it says, those who search for him. Is there anybody that you're, I mean, you've met Jesus, he's in your life, but you're still, he's a treasure every single day that you just want to get up and you want to dig and find out more about Jesus. You didn't quit searching. So all the things that we just talked about, his faithfulness, his mercy, his unfailing love, all of those things apply to you right now. And you're the people that Isaiah was talking about when he said it it may be getting darker and darker, but not for everybody. For the people of God, it's going to get brighter and brighter. Arise and shine for your light has come. The glory of the Lord is shining upon you. Amen. Woo. Man, it's good to have a live crowd, brother, sister. Woo! I missed that. All right. So we're going to look at three things, okay? Digging these out of uh, Jeremiah's conclusion here, Jeremiah's uh, scriptures right here in Lamentations. And so three things straight out of the text. Number one is this. Number one, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. That's the gospel message right there. That for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that anyone who believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. So right here, his faithful love never comes to an end. And, and, and sometimes we say amen and we think about that. But really, let's get a revelation in our hearts for a minute, because who knows that human love, the love that human beings are used, natural love, it can come to an end. Sometimes like real quick, right? I mean, you see somebody that they were so in love last week and now they hate the person. Like what was, I thought that that was your, your one and only, like your soulmate, man. I thought, thought I thought you and Bay were going to be together forever. And then all of a sudden, yeah, you know, you get, what, what is that? And, and so for us, we've got to reprogram our minds to not Think as the world thinks, like, well, the Lord's love never ends, but and that sounds great, but I know this person, their love for me ended, and this guy, and I used to like him and love him, and now I don't anymore. And you've got to quit seeing things through your 
natural mind and through your natural eyes and start seeing things the way God sees them. And he says right here, his faithful love will never end. Human love can be exhausted. Well, we've exhausted all options. There's nothing left. But the love of the Lord cannot be exhausted. I mean, that just does something for me to realize that, hey, I have had some moments of imperfection. I have had some moments where I have fallen short, but it didn't make Jesus quit loving me. There has been, you know, no matter what comes against this world, no matter what disease or, 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 or bad thing happens, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. And, and, and the good news is, is that God's for me. Well, that sounds conceited. No, 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 no. If God is for me, who can be against me? I'm on God's side out of all this. I'm on his side. He's on my side. We are, uh, we are the family of God. So Romans 5, verses 7 and 8. Romans 5, verses 7 and 8. I'm going to read this, first of all, in the Passion Translation. Romans 5, verses 7 and 8. And, you know, I, this is incredible because who knows that none of us deserved for Jesus to die anyway, right? And, but then think about it. There's been some people that have just been crazy, you know, really bad. And, you know, we, don't, we hate to compare sins and stuff. But, I mean, there's, you know, you think about the worst person you've ever met. Jesus still loved them. Jesus still loves them. He still died for them. He still loves them just as much as he loves you. Even though you're great and perfect and beautiful, right? Come on. Yeah. No? Oh, oh, okay. So, Romans 5, verse 7. Now... Who of us would dare to die for the sake of a wicked person? We can all understand if someone was willing to die for a truly noble person. But Christ proved God's passionate love for us by dying in our place while we were still lost and ungodly. I mean, that's that's nearly mind-blowing because it's like, well, I mean, yeah, it's understandable that you wouldn't want to give your life for a wicked person. Maybe, possibly, a super good person. But Jesus didn't die for you because you were such a good person. Christ died for us sinners when we were at our very worst because Jesus doesn't make you earn his love. Thank you, Desiree. Thank you. I mean, that made sense, right? Jesus doesn't make you earn his love. It's unconditional. No strings attached. You can't make him love you anymore. And you can't make him love you any less. And so I'm with Jeremiah, man, there may be stuff going on, yet I still dare to hope when I realize the faithful love of the Lord never ends. The Message Bible said it this way, we can understand someone dying for a person worth dying for, and we can understand how someone good and noble could inspire us to selfless sacrifice, but God put his love on the line for us. By offering his son in sacrificial death while we were of no use whatsoever to him. Think about that. I mean, what a trade. The the trade of Jesus giving his life for ours is, if you were looking in the business terms, that would be the worst trade ever. The, The only perfect person to ever live, the best, most powerful, most incredible, awesome, sinless person ever, trades his life in exchange for the worst people ever. That that's not fair. And it wasn't because, again, we were it's not that we were just so we had it all together. But that's the faithful love 
of the Lord. It never ends. And so, you know what the Apostle Paul said about it? He said the love of God is so incredible that it's beyond our comprehension. And so, I am glad that Jesus didn't wait until I qualified for his love because I'd still be waiting. I still don't qualify. If Jesus, you know, I'm glad that Jesus didn't make me earn it because it'd take me a million lifetimes to earn the love of Jesus and then I still wouldn't. So with everything going on, I know we're Christians. I know you've been saved a long time probably in this room, all right? But I want you to not let this truth fly over your head. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. Don't just say amen and, well, yeah, I've heard that. And I, I know that. I've been in church. I went to vacation Bible school. No, you need to realize the faithful love of the Lord. It never, ever ends. And he loves us. He loves us with that. The second thing that I'm pulling out of Isaiah, or excuse me, Jeremiah's, Lamentate. I talk about Isaiah because that's one of my favorite books. But what a, the second thing that Jeremiah said here in Lamentations 3 is, His mercies never cease. His mercies never cease. Now, there's a lot of study on grace. And in fact, the Bible talks about different types of grace. Uh, there's saving grace. There's grace for serving. There, there's, there's lots of different graces in the Bible. But just to, I mean, put it on a very basic elementary level, understanding of grace and mercy. Grace is when you get what you don't deserve. For by grace ye have been saved by faith. I did not deserve that. That's grace. I got something I did not deserve. What if, you know, I come up and write you a check for a million dollars because, you know, hey, I've got those deep pockets, right? Yeah? No? Okay. So, what? Well, just imagine, you know, I, I cut you a check for a million dollars and you're like, well, hey, I mean, wh- what's this all about? I, I don't deserve this. I know. I just want to give it to you anyway. That's grace. That's awesome. Because what if you're someone that had been mean to me? What if you're someone that slapped me around and bullied me and done mean things to me, made fun of my family, treated me bad? And you got a million dollars from me because of all that. What is that? That's grace because what you deserved was a smack in the face. You deserved punishment. But you got an an insane blessing. That's the grace of God because every single one of us, we deserved a whooping, but we get heaven instead. We deserved hell, but we instead get to go to heaven. We are getting something that we flat out, we don't deserve this. But we get it. And mercy is when you don't get what you do deserve. So, again, what do we deserve? Well, I know me. Uh, I, I deserve some punishment probably from God. I, I've, I've made promises to him that I haven't kept before. I, I, you know, I've said things I really regret. I've, I've, I've done things that, and I, and I know it's not just me, everybody in here, there's been times that, we didn't repay God's faithfulness to him that he gave to us in the first place, right? And so for that, I should deserve some punishment, but he held it off because his mercies are new every single morning. And I'm going to say this, that it is beyond my comprehension how anybody that's been acquainted with the mercy and love of Jesus could not be taking him seriously right now in 2020. I'm just going to let just, yeah, let that sink in for a few seconds. Because 
I see a lot of people that are running to Jesus and clinging like they never have before. Lots of people that have been lukewarmers, even connected to this church and, and other people I know, they're like, oh man, you know what? This is getting real. This is getting real right now. No more playing games. I'm, I'm, I'm sticking close to Jesus. And that, I mean, that's to be expected. I, I, that's a good thing. But on the other hand, there's a lot of people that the whole world's falling apart and Jesus said, this is going to happen. That's going to happen. This is going to happen. And then I'm going to return. And those things are happening and they're still not taking Jesus seriously. And so, I mean, I, I, I see this. And it makes me sad. I mean, that that is just wild and, and, and daring and crazy beyond my comprehension how you couldn't read Matthew 24, how you couldn't read 2 Timothy 3, how you couldn't read the book of Revelation, how you couldn't read any of the Bible and see all these things happening and still say, well, you know, I, I get it, man, but I just, I don't know, man. I, I'm not, I don't, I don't know. I just, I don't feel like it. If we're a person that only does what we feel like doing, you're a dangerous person. Right? I mean, you know, we're not, we're not being mean, we're not judging all that, you know. But what I'm saying is this. If you only serve God to the extent that you feel like serving Him, that's a dangerous way to live your life. Because He, I'm not, I'm not just saying it. Listen. We're a church that a lot of you have been saved a a very long time. Some of you maybe longer than I've been alive, and I get that. But listen, Jesus is coming soon. Let that sink in. So what I'm saying about all that is this. I still dare to hope because his mercies never cease. They're new every single morning. This, Listen, this is talking about for the children of God. Are we children of God in here today? Okay. Now, the good news is for sinners that he's rich in love, slow to anger. His mercy lasts a very long time, even for the sinner. But for the sinner, there does come a point in time where they have been defiant to God for long enough. And then eventually the door to the ark closes and the flood comes. And then it's, well, well, I thought God was merciful. Man, he could have given you a million chances and you still weren't responding. And then you're going to question his mercy. You're going to call him unmerciful when he gave you chance and chance and chance again. Yeah, his mercies are new every single morning, but let's not exhaust that. I challenge everybody that can hear my voice right now. Cling to Jesus like you never have before in your life. Psalm 23, verse 6. Psalm 23, verse 6. But who thinks it's a good time to just I, quit playing games, man? Quit playing games with his heart, right? No? Okay. <laughs> the 90s people got that. Thank you. So, Psalm 23, verse 6. In the New King James, man, we love the 23rd Psalm, but there's a there's a key word in here that I don't want you to miss out on. Psalm 23 and verse 6, it says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Goodness, mercy, follow me every day of my life. 
and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So there is a day coming when we are going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And I'm t- I am looking forward to that day. You may think I'm joking. I am not, man. Bring heaven on. I cannot wait to get to heaven. I'm ready. I want it. I want it so bad I can almost taste it. I want heaven that bad. But listen, until then, I've got the goodness and mercy of God. And it will follow me all the days of my life. And I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. A synonym for mercy right here is loving kindness. Maybe some of your translations say your loving kindness or your long lasting kindness. Think about how kind God has been to you. Just do that right now. You know, I'm, I'm being very serious. If you take five seconds, how kind has God been to you? I know if I look back on my life, sure, I guess that, man, there's been some hard times, but man, God has been so kind to me. Kind. Like when I did not deserve it, he still, I mean, he provided. He, he healed me. He kept me from things. And, and, and I'm going to say this, that you, even, even if there's not incredible moments popping through your mind, though there probably is, you probably have no idea the things that he has blocked from coming at you and getting you. Ephesians 6 talks about the fiery darts of the wicked one. There are things you don't even know it that are coming at you every day against you, your children, your family, your household, your health, your money, your mind, all day long, every day. And I mean, the angel of the Lord, Psalm 34 says, he surrounds and defends all who fear him. God has assigned angels just to protect you. So there's stuff coming, and he's swatting it out of the way. And as long as you're abiding under the shadow of the Almighty, there have been attacks from the enemy that were totally meant to destroy you and wipe you out, but it never even happened. And you have no idea about it. Isn't that an incredible thing to think about? His kindness has followed us all the days of our life. And so I'll say this. He's given you things you don't deserve. And he's protected you from things that you probably did deserve. He's given me things that I didn't deserve. And I know that he's protected me from things that I probably could have deserved. And probably, yeah, I, 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 I probably got out of bounds there. And yet he still had my back anyway. So with everything going on, people's hearts paralyzed with fear, I still dare to hope. because. His mercies never cease. And the third thing that I'm pulling out of what Jeremiah said there in Lamentations is, great is his faithfulness. Great is his faith. Let's say that together tonight. Great is his faithfulness. And if there's one thing that I love in a person, it's I love faithful people. I'll take faithful people over talented people, over rich people. I'll take a faithful person any day of the week, man. And that's why I love this church. Faithful people. 
And, you know, I grew up a ministry kid, obviously, you know that. And, and the, you know, hey, not everybody's faithful to the Lord or to you or to your family. And, and we don't tell all the stories, but we've, we've, we've had some stabs in the back ever since my childhood. We've had some betrayals that we just, you know, don't share it with everybody because, you know, whatever. But one thing that I've learned to love and appreciate in my lifetime is a faithful person. And that's one of my favorite things about the Lord. I love all the great things he does for me. I love that he's healed me. I love all of those things. Make no mistake about it. God is good on every level, but he is faithful. Great is his faithfulness. And so I'm just going to real quick point out just a few areas that he's faithful in. You know, and, and we, we, if we wanted to list the areas God's faithful in, I could go to each person in this room and we'd be here until the Sunday morning service still listing off things. Am I right? But, so I decided to pick a few. Uh, so one thing that he's faithful is to deliver us. He is faithful to deliver us when we get in some bad situations. And so a verse that I use a lot is 1 Corinthians 10.13. Write these down if you need to. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. And, man, he is faithful to deliver us. 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 13. I'll read this in the NLT. But who in here, man, God has delivered you from some things. Before you were Christian, after you were Christian, he has been faithful. First Corinthians 10, 13, it says, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. Now that word temptation there, the Greek word can mean trials, troubles, difficulties, temptations. So the temptations or troubles or trials in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. Woo! Thank God the verse didn't end after that first sentence. Man, you feel, you know, don't, don't come crying to me. The troubles in your life are no different than what others experience, period. But it didn't end there. It says, and God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation or trouble to be more than you can stand. And when you are tempted, troubled, in a bad situation, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. Thank God for the way out. Sometimes I found the way in, but I couldn't find the way out. And Jesus came and tore down that wall and made a way out so I could get out. Why would he do that? Because his faithful love never ends. Great is his faithfulness. He's faithful to deliver us. Number two on this, he's faithful to strengthen us and protect us. Who in here, you've just totally always had all the strength that you could possibly need for life? I'll look. Okay. Very good. In your own strength, absolutely not. But thank God, I am strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. And so, 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 3. 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 3. Man, I'm getting excited right now. This is good news. You know, I, I I came in and I just didn't I didn't quite have the feels today. You know what I mean? I was sitting in the living room a few hours ago, just getting ready and stuff. And then I heard a mighty crash come out of the kitchen. 
And I go in, and one of my children, my youngest child, had spilled an entire jug of orange juice on the floor. And I'm talking about there was a flood of orange juice covering, and my wife wasn't there or nothing. I was like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? I, was, I had a meltdown. That was terrifying, absolutely terrifying. But we made it through. Why? The Lord is faithful. He will not allow the trouble to be more than I can stand. But that was so close to being more than I could stand. That was scary. So Second Thessalonians 3, verse 3. But the Lord is faithful. Faithful for what? He will strengthen you. He will guard you from the evil one. Man, see, there's, if there's an evil one out there. It's getting bad, and this is happening, and that's heaven happening, and, and, and this is going on, and they, there's evil, ever, the evil one's out there. He's gonna get you. He's not gonna get me. Well, that sounds a little arrogant. I, no, it has nothing to do with me. It has to do with the Lord is faithful. He will strengthen me, and He will guard me from the evil one. And you know, I, I'm just gonna say, you need to start taking this stuff seriously right now. Because I know way too many Christians that, that read that stuff and they're like, I know it says that, but listen to this. And you all know how I feel about big butts. We've talked about that over the last, you know, Sir Mix a lot. I was talking to a neighbor one day a couple years ago and, uh, and I'm like, man, there's been break-ins in the neighborhood and this is going on. And I, I thought I could talk to him like I do to you guys because he's a leader in another local church and I'm not putting down on that, but I'm like, Thank God we've got the angels of the Lord protecting our houses, right? <laughs> a lot of good that's doing. Yeah, I, I know that, but you've seen all these guys around. You've seen all this going on. And I'm like, what? The word of God is not good enough for you? The word It says right there that he will guard us from the evil one. And you're just going to scoff at that? But, well, I know, I get, don't get me wrong, I get it that it says that, but this, and even in our day, even right now in 2020, I know it says that he will protect us from every deadly disease, but this is coronavirus. This is COVID-19. This is the Rona. This is what we've been talking about for all these years. And I'm like, my God, there's Christians that are not afraid to go to the Dollar Tree, but they're afraid to come into the house of God. Listen, I'm not making fun of anybody and I've got to be not, but I'm serious. I've literally talked to people that I've seen them in the store getting coughed on and hacked on and boogered on by everybody around them. But, well, I don't, I don't know about, huh? What? What? I'm like, but the Lord is faithful. He will protect you. He will guard you from the evil one. He'll guard you from germs, but but, 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 but I mean, but I know it says that, but, but this is this. I'm not making fun, but it's time for some Christians to not have a spirit of fear. Fear should not hold us from coming to God's house or, you know, be safe, you know, you know, listen to your mom and dad, be safe and everything. But just for real, the, I, I, I'm not just I truly believe this with all of my heart that God is faithful. He will protect us and strengthen us and guard us from the evil one. Amen. All right, I'll move on because I just I better not. So the third thing I'll say is this about the Lord being faithful. Number three is he's faithful to forgive us. 
Amen. He's faithful to forgive us. Now, you know, Isaiah also beautifully describes the Lord's forgiveness and his faithfulness to forgive. But he says in Isaiah, the Lord says that he will blot out our sins and never think of them again. So I can tell you this much. If you're sitting there being beat over the head with your past mistakes. Now, I'm talking about stuff that you've repented of and you quit doing. If that's coming, man, you did this, you did that. That's not God doing that. Some people think, well, man, the Lord's just reminded me today of all that stuff. No, he's not. That's the devil. He said that he would forget our sin. He would blot them out and never think of them again. First John 1, 9. First John 1, 9. Let's look at this. Because this is a powerful, important verse for the New Testament Christian. First John 1, 9. Who knows what this says? Okay, good. Yeah, you, all right, Desiree knows. Jesse knows. Amen. All right. Good verse. So with the sanctuary uh, restructured at the moment, I don't have my monitor right there. I can't always tell what's on the screen. So I, sometimes I say that and you all start quoting. And I'm like, man, these guys finally got it. Then I look down and like you're all reading it off the screen, right? <laughs> but First John 1, 9, a lot of you got this. If we confess our sins, he is what? Faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's the, the that's the gospel right there. That's the good news of Jesus Christ that if we confess our sins, he is totally faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so my encouragement for us tonight is this, that no matter what we see going on all around us, it's so easy to get sucked into the negativity and, and into the, and, and into everything. Alright? I don't even need to go listen to all the bad stuff going on. It's so easy to get consumed by that, that even a child of God will start to believe that report over the report of Jesus. Even the children of God, many, have begun to believe the, the, the evil going on more than they believe what Jesus said. He said, man, I'll be with you always, even unto the end of the world. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Take heart. In this world, there's trial and tribulation, but I have overcome this world, is what Jesus said. And so I'm trying to build you guys up. Because we've got a world that needs built up right now. And the only answer is Jesus. And he's coming soon. So I encourage you here. I encourage anybody listening online. Anybody that's a Christian right now. Quit playing around. It's getting real. We're going to stick close to Jesus. It's going to make, it's going to get darker and darker in this world, but it's going to get brighter and brighter for the children of God that will stick with Him. And we are going to be ready for when Jesus returns. And so, just like Jesus said in John, He said, I am the light of the world. Then He turned right back around and told the people, You are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. And so, you are the light of the world. You are the only hope. The Jesus in you is the only hope 
to really change some things that need changed right now. And so don't get caught up into a, a natural battle. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty for pulling down strongholds. And so don't get caught up in fighting a natural battle and, 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 and getting caught up into everybody's mess. We've got the answer right here. It's God and God is love. God is light. There's a lot of things that he is, but overall, he's the answer. So be encouraged tonight, children of God. Be uplifted tonight, children of God. You are blessed by the best. You're going to pass the test. And I better quit rhyming right now because that's just getting weird. So listen, you've got this. But stay connected to the word of God. Be in the word. Be in the house. Be in his presence every chance you get. Somebody say amen tonight. Amen. All right. We're going to go ahead and, and close, close the sermon part out. But man, if you're in here and you need prayer, I'm trusting God for you right now. Okay. Give me a few more weeks and I'm just want to go through and just, man, lay hands on every single person that I can see. Okay. It's coming. I'm going to have the anointing oil. Probably just going to be spraying it on everybody. We're going to like, we're going to baptize you with that stuff. Okay. We're going to get, we're going to get wild. All right. We're getting there. We're getting there. All right few more weeks though so what i do want to encourage you with though is man if you need prayer let me know okay you can you, you guys know how to get a hold of me message me text me whatever and i've got you we're going to pray for you and the best part is is that god doesn't honor my prayers any more than he does yours anyway but i do want to i'll be in agreement with you okay so uh let's go ahead and kind of close this part down in prayer then we're going to take up the wednesday night tithes and offerings amen Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for what we've seen in your word tonight. And, Lord, we know it's true. This was not just momentary inspiration. This was not just a couple of cool verses we read. That stuff's real. That stuff is true. And your word is alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. So I thank you, Father, that that you are, 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 are doing what you need to do right now through your body on this earth. And we aren't going to run like, like little sissies. We're going to rise to the occasion and be the light of the world that you called us to be, Father. And Lord, I pray over everybody in this room, anybody watching online right now, that what, if they've got a need, God, if they've got the guts to believe you for it, if they've got the faith to step out and believe you for it, Lord, I know you've got the power to make it happen in their life. So in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, that you are working in people's lives, in their bodies, in their marriages, in their families, in their finances, in their in their mind, in their mental capacities, Lord. And you are working right now as long as they're trusting you, Father, and stepping out in faith. I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Let's go ahead and take up our Wednesday night tithes and offerings. Hey, I forgot about this. Who knows what time it is? Yeah, come on. Yeah. It's happy. Man, what are those yahoos so happy about? Man, we love to give to God. I love to give something back to God after everything he's done for us. All right. So here's how this works. We're saying the best way to give right now is online. Uh, so that's worked out really, really great. But if you want to give by cash or check, that's totally awesome, too. There is a table in the back there by Brother Lawrence. And there's envelopes on one uh, and a bucket. Uh, so if you want to fill out an envelope, Go ahead and grab an envelope. We've got that area sanitized and sterilized. You can grab uh, an envelope, fill it out on the 
other table that has nothing on it, and then you yourself can put it back in that bucket. See how we did that? You didn't touch anybody. They didn't touch you, but you were still able to do it, all right? Or you could give online, hdwc.org slash giving is what I believe it is. So let's look at a verse here. Let's look tonight at uh, Luke 6, 38. Let's flip over there. Man, that's a, that's a classic. That is a classic verse for giving. Luke 6, verse 38. And everything we do, man, we do it with the word of God. I don't want to do anything, giving an offering, leading a prayer meeting, preaching a sermon. I want to do everything with scripture in there because we're high desert word center, right? Not high desert, hang out with cool folks, cool people center. We are high desert word center. Luke 6, verse 38, it says, give and then you don't have any left for you. Give and you will receive. Amen. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Amen. And so when we give, you will receive. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure. Pressed down, shaken together and running over shall men give unto your bosom. I probably should have just quoted it from the King James. With the same measure you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. God gets it back to you. And so I want you to do your, do me a favor, do yourself a favor. Never again say something stupid like, well, I give, but I don't ever expect nothing in return. Listen, I don't give only so I can get something back. That's selfish. That, that's not my reason for giving. I give because I love God and I love people. But it's very ignorant to say, well, I give and I just don't ever expect nothing to come back. Because the Bible says give. And it shall be given unto you. It shall, your gift comes back to you. And so, don't fall into that false humility. That's false humility. And while I give, and I just don't ever, I don't expect nothing back. That's a shame. Because the word of God says when we give, it, it should be given back to us. We will get something back. But we got to release our faith. Amen? Alright, well let's go ahead and say our financial faith confession. Financial faith confession. And uh, again, I remind you, these are not just words that we say. This is a faith confession. And I believe you guys can see how well faith confessions work. We'll talk about that later. But our faith confession over Barstow has been absolutely annihilating some attacks from the enemy, too. <laughs> My gosh. And then you guys on whatever, Monday or Tuesday... All you guys start posting the Barstow Faith Confession. I'm seeing people sharing this thing, and people I've never even heard of in my life just sharing it, putting their city's name in there, people from Barstow, people from other states. We better start saying this right now. And I, that is awesome. I love that. Isn't that great? And the best part is we've been doing it for six months. And some, some of the time we didn't even know why. Like, well, we'll just say that. We're going to say this. But God Gave us six months advance warning to speak words of faith. We've been blocking diseases. We've been blocking uh, things that would take our safety away and our economy away. We just, I mean, man, the word of God works. So what I'm saying is, as we speak these words, don't just mumble. Speak it. Believe it. And watch what God will do. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth and business, settlements, 
estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Yes. All right. And now we're going to close out with the Barstow Faith Confession, man. It's taking the country by storm. Well, I'd like to say that. but So we're going to speak these words of faith together. And it gets me every single time, man. I love this. Let's do it. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.